It's two days to the Joint News National Dialogue on Illegal Mining. Hello, good afternoon. This is the Midday News. The news is live on Joy 99.7 FM in Accra, on Love 99.5 in Kumasi, and over 30 affiliates across Ghana's 60 regions, including Radio Justice Tamale, Radio Pando Pando, Fafa Radio Doji, and Jata FM Karaga. We are live on X Spaces, Facebook live stream, and on myjoyonline.com interactive app. The midday news is sponsored by Petrosol, your clean fuel in fuel quantity. Petrosol, always a delightful experience, always brought to you by Duraprust, Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HDPE pipes and water tank, the only water storage tank with a level indicator where Duraplast goes, water flows. Coming up, Education Ministry stands firm on December 4th reopening date for first-year students, defined earlier directive from the Speaker of Parliament. For the avoidance of doubt and purposes of clarity, the Ministry of Education wishes to again re-emphasize that school is scheduled to open on Monday, the 4th of December, 2023. And the expectation is that students are supposed to report to their various schools. Meanwhile, ranking member on the Education Committee in Parliament, Peter Nochukotwe, has described the ministry's insistence as disrespectful to Parliament. The Speaker has instructed the Minister to appear before the House on Monday, and we are going to impress upon him that he must listen to the representatives of the people mm. who are saying that, no, we are not ready for this Monday resumption. Also in this bulletin, Ghana Bar Association deems special prosecutor's decision to denigrate judiciary in anti-corruption fight improper calls for adherence to established rules. I would have expected him to exhaust the legal process, maybe by filing an appeal against the decision of the court of first instance, even up to the Supreme Court, and even invoke the review jurisdiction of the Supreme Court. In politics ahead of the MPP parliamentary primaries in the orphan constituencies, the party is promising transparent, free and fair elections. And if you have 139 and you do acclamation in 20, I wouldn't say it's a lot, but it tells you that for these constituencies, the party has been able to establish, to a large extent, some level of consultation that takes away the contestation that others will see. Let's hear from one of the aspirants in the Ablekuma Central Constituency Primary, Jefferson Saki, who is confident of victory. It is an energy to revitalize the base of our party, and the ultimate agenda is to recapture the seats from the National Democratic Congress. Then later, Finance Minister Ken Oforiata attributes Ghana's slow debt restructuring pace to administrative delays hindering progress on IMF bailout's second tranche. Well, we have completed all we need to do with the funds. All our papers have already been distributed to uh, the various um, directors who will do that. And now we need to wait for the former response. We have all these stories and more with me, Hannah Odami.
We start on the education front where the sector minister insists the reporting date for first-year students remains the 4th of December 2023 despite concerns raised by parents, teachers and members of parliament. The Speaker of Parliament yesterday directed the education minister Dr. Yao Oseiruchum to appear before the House on the matter following concerns raised by parents, teacher unions and members of parliament as well. They will all be informed to hold on in other words, the students are not to report. And the minister should be here on Monday to brief the House. In other words, we agree that it's not proper for the academic world to resume Monday. I mean, it's not even practicable. They will go there and there will be a lot of frustration even to move. You yourself know the situation we are in now. To move from Accra to go to Boko, if your son is sent there, even to get money, to the, during this unitary period to be able to buy the items to get law affair for them to move within this how many days three days that definitely is not practicable and so the call is for them to hold on in other words not to open until the matter is sorted out and we are proposing for the minister to consider the first week of january before coming to meet us on monday i think the fastest the quickest the easiest, the cheapest means of doing this is through the media. That's why I gave the directive. Before the Monday dates, the education ministry is insisting the reporting date remains the same. The PRO of the ministry, Kwesi Kwating, however, says parents and students have options. Let's hear from him. For the avoidance of doubt and purposes of clarity, the Ministry of Education wishes to again re-emphasize that school uh, is scheduled to open on Monday, the 4th of December, 2023. And the expectation is that students are supposed to report uh, to their various schools on that time. Yes, of course, we do admit that we will look at the time that placement were released for first years or freshers and the time that students are expected to be in school. Uh, I mean, on the face value, it may look short, but you also agree with me that the academic calendar has been within the public space for some time now. And ordinarily, the expectation was that parents and students ought to have even been prepared even ahead of the release of the placement results. If we look at the cumulative effect of the introduction of the national prospectus and the fact that it's even in the best interest of the students to be in school, acclimatize, go through orientation process, uh, get ready, uh, it, I think it's, it is ideal that we, we stick to the fourth. And so the assurance that we are also giving to parents is that even if your walls are unable to go to school or report on the fourth, they are not going to lose their slots. People may come on the fourth, people may on the fifth people may even come on the subsequent week or the subsequent uh, two weeks and they will still uh, be admitted in the school so well the ranking member on the education committee in parliament peter Nochukotoy, has described the ministry's insistence as disrespectful to parliament he spoke to samuel kojo bruce on news desk a while ago if you listen to the public very well mm you will hear or know, even before the statements are made yesterday and the speaker's directive, that the public is against the 4th December uh, resumption or reporting day for the students. Teachers or teacher unions have also expressed same that uh, they are being overworked. They are not resting at all. So this month uh, of December should be made free for them to enable them to rest and then assume or resume academic work 
in Norris. That is what they're asking for. Now, you made placement on Tuesday. Then on Monday, you want them to go to school. Mm. And they go and spend just about two weeks with the risk that is involved uh, at this time of uh, the year when we are entering the Christmas festivities. So why don't you allow them, the parents to settle them, get enough money, buy their items for them, then first week in January, they report to school. Then again, there are placement challenges that must be resolved. You have not resolved them. About 108,000 uh, uh, candidates are yet to be placed. So why are you in a hurry to make them go to school uh, on the 4th or this Monday? That is what we are saying. It is as simple as that. If you are saying that uh, you have given a directive and there will be no change, uh, why are you making it so difficult for parents and uh, the teachers to acclimatize or get themselves in readiness to do a proper academic work? Okay. So for me, uh, the refusal of the ministry to listen to the speaker is also disrespect to the house, which must not uh, be tolerated. Well, so what is the way forward now? Well, the, the speaker has instructed the minister to appear before the house on Monday. And we are going to impress upon him that he must listen to the representatives of the people mm. who are mm. saying that, no, we are not ready for this Monday resumption. You had the ranking member on the Education Committee in Parliament, Peter Notrikote, speaking to Samuel Kojo Brace on News Desk on the Joy News Channel. Well, let's stay a bit more in Parliament because after a failed attempt to approve the 2024 budget, the majority leadership is now working to build consensus ahead of another attempt next week. The Finance Minister, Ken Oforiata, had declared on Wednesday that a budget had been approved following a voice note only for the Speaker to contract him a day later. Let's hear from Alban Badwin. I direct that the business committee should reschedule the issue for next week for us to finally take a decision on the budget. The budget statement and economic policy of the government for the year 2024 is still before the House. Well, a statement from the parliamentary service last night backed the speaker's ruling. It said a consensus approach is now being pursued to ensure the approval of the budget. Meanwhile, Professor of Finance at the University of Ghana Business School, Professor Gofred Buckpin, said Parliament must be diligent in thoroughly assessing the budget. It is very clear from the IMF document, supported program document, what Ghana needed to do in order to uh, assess the next 600 million. Well, the 2024 budget is still running. Even what is outstanding, what is standing in the way of Ghana, it has to do with the agreement from the official creditor committee. It has nothing to do with the 2024 budget. That said, I believe that Parliament should look at the 2024 budget comprehensively in the best interest of Ghana and then do what is needful. 
The finance minister, Ken Oforiata, has admitted concerns about the cut-off date for the external debt restructuring, saying it is delaying the International Monetary Fund Board meeting on Ghana. The fund has been forced to reschedule its meeting to approve the second tranche inflow of $600 million on two occasions this month. This is due to China's posture pushing December 2022 as a new date to restructure Ghana's loans. But addressing journalist Mr. Foriata expressed optimism a deal will be reached by next week for the board meeting to take place. Uh, I don't know what to call it. Uh, the natural um, discussions. I mean, the um, I mean, the expectation is that um, uh, this is with regards to the Paris Club and Official Credit uh, Creditor Committee. Um, so we have completed all we need to do with the funds. All our papers have already been distributed to uh, the various um, directors who will do that. And now we need to wait for the former response uh, from the OCC. Um, I think they are um, looking at issues or the cut-off dates and its implications um, to each of the credits that uh, the various uh, countries have given. And I pray that those analysis you know, will be done soon. Uh, issues of comparability of treatment, so they all feel that they've been fairly impacted. Uh, but I'm confident that something will come out, you know, sooner than later, um, so that the fund can sit. But where is the delay coming from? Those are administrative issues, but as I mentioned, the key, one of the key issues is the cut-off date and ensuring that there's comparability of treatment with its effect on each country's um, liabilities or credit that is in our countries. Yeah. But while well, the finance minister, however, says the country has met all conditions necessary for the release of the second tranche. Um, I think it's been well incorporated in the, I mean, certainly for those, um, for us, we can manage, you know, either way. So the issue is for the, the membership of the OCC to get comfortable with how it impacts them. Is it true um, that China wants a new TSA, given that growth, inflation, exchange rate have all been No, but the DSA is always um, uh, an issue where anybody can raise the issues of the projections of um, foreign exchange going forward. You can raise issues on the variable of the GDP. You can raise issues of inflation. So that's not new with any formula that you have. The question is to come to an accommodation of what you all believe will be will fairly reflective of the future. How soon do you expect a response? Um, I hope that, you know, by the end of next week, you know, we'll have what we need so that the, um, the fund board can sit. Is China the drug bag? I think everybody is looking at comparability of treatment in the and China and France certainly are coaches, um, so they have um, a good impact on what will happen. Um, but we should be okay. That was Finance Minister Ken Oforiata to some politics. The governing MPP will this weekend hold parliamentary primaries in 113 constituencies to select candidates for the 2024 elections. Director of Elections with the party, Evans Nimaku, says all is set for a free, fair and transparent election. More from the party shortly. But first, listen to one of the aspirants for the Ablikuma Central constituency, Jefferson Saki, who is confident of victory. It is an energy to revitalize the base of our party 
And the ultimate agenda is to recapture the seats from the National Democratic Congress. Unfortunately, in the 2020 elections, we lost it from them. I can confidently tell you that we are going to do everything possible to you know, recapture these seats in the 2024 elections. Um, you've been following our political tradition, you know, ever since I, you know, came out with this agenda and the various things that I've been doing in this constituency to ensure that the interest of our party grows. Uh, there's being the support of the Jefferson Care Health for All program. Well, my colleague Samuel Kojo Brace has put together a special report focusing on this particular constituency. Ablikuma Central constituency appears to be an interesting seat. Both the NDC and MPP have won it four times each. So the 2024 elections will be a make or break for either party. Ebenezer Nati won the seat for the MPP in 2016, but succumbed to defeat in 2020 to the NDC. He is once again considered a front runner in the upcoming race. But presidential staffer Jefferson Saki says he is the best man to win back the seat for the governing MPP and he has a strong backing from the constituency. When I was growing, I saw him on TV. So personally, I like him the way he's calm and humble. So when he came to the constituency, I see him as somebody who can bring people together and he's been loved by all. Jefferson Saki has implemented several welfare-centered projects and programs, and that has drawn him to a lot of the constituent. I witnessed the Jefferson Healthcare on 10th March 2023. He thinking of the well-being of the delegates, especially with their health. If someone does not have the health insurance card, it means when the person goes to the hospital and the person doesn't have money, then the person is heading to the gateway of his or her death. Just recently, there was a there was an assault case which had to be with one of the polling stations uh, executive. Uh, we took him to the Manprobi Polyclinic and with the health insurance, we were able to go through the hotel. At the end of the day, I think the amount we paid was 10 cities. I'm a beneficiary of Jefferson Saki's educational support. I had a scholarship to further my master's education at Ken West Institute of Distance Learning. Yes, I had an amount of 10,000 Ghana cities, which was to pay for my tuition for my master's degree. Well, Director of Elections with the MPP, Evans Nimako, has joined us live for more on this weekend's contest. Tell us, we know there's been no contest in some 20 constituencies. Explain why. Hello, good afternoon. Could you please come again? Good afternoon, Mr. Nimako. We are told that there will be no contest in some 20 constituencies. Can you explain why? Thank you very much for having me and good afternoon to your listeners. Yes, the party's National Executive Committee gave directives for the party to open nominations in a total of 139 constituencies where the party does not have certain members of the family. But when nomination was closed, there were 21 of these constituencies that had sole candidates. So the party went ahead to do acclamation. Then the remaining ones, six of them were put on hold. Apart from that, all other these of our constituencies were open for contest. And so as we speak, 
the total of 113 that are due for contestation tomorrow. So tomorrow we are going to have constituency delegate conference in 113 constituencies. We've had conversations with the police, the electoral commission, and we are set to have this program done. Ballot papers have been distributed to all district capitals of the EC, and all delegates, i.e. constituency executives, electoral coordinators, polling station executives, representatives from the Council of Elders and Patrons who are delegates in these constituencies are aware of this because the General Secretary has communicated this to all key stakeholders in the party. Mm. So then walk us through the process, exactly what will happening on the ground. So tomorrow when it's 7 o'clock, the EC would have set up in all these constituencies. Delegates will walk in and identify themselves either by party ID card, national ID card, voters ID. And then when this is done, the EC will process them to have their vote cast. It is expected that from 7 a.m. in the morning to 2 p.m., this exercise will take place. Registers have been given to the EC. All candidates have been given copies. They've selected their agents known to the constituency parliamentary elections committee, and they've been given the necessary authorization. And so the, in terms of security at the voting centers or within the conference parameters, it is in the hands of the Ghana Police Service. And the directive that has gone to all party people is all venues that were used for the presidential primaries are the same that is going to be used, except in few places where there have been some engagement between the party at the regional level and constituency level, and there has been consensus that the venue will have to be moved. These ones have been done at the local level. The district commanders are aware, the EC uh, district officers are aware, and the party stakeholders are also, also aware. aware. And so tomorrow, that is what is going to happen for the party to elect for ourselves parliamentary candidates in these uh, 113 constituencies. Thank you so much, Director of Elections with the MPP, Evans Nemako. And your election headquarters join you to be on the ground with live updates on TV, on radio, and online. Let's move to other stories. The Ghana Bar Association says the Office of the Special Prosecutor should have exhausted all the legal processes before resorting to the Court of Public Opinion when it disagreed with certain rulings of the court. According to the Public Relations Officer of the GBA, Savia Kuji, the law allows individuals who do not agree with its rulings to appear or apply for a review. Speaking on Joy News, he explained, since the special prosecutor, Kisie Jabeng, had a legal background, he should have applied the law. More on him shortly. But first, listen to the special prosecutor, Kisie Jabeng. There appears to be a developing trend of rather regressive and dismissive judicial decisions in respect of cases involving the OSP with troubling consequences. And it seems to us that a careful examination of these outcomes portends a disturbing specter, 
that the fight against corruption is being hampered to the disbenefit of us all. And I do not say these things lightly. Four instances will suffice. Well, Public Relations Officer with the Ghana Bar Association, Savia Kuja, says the OSB has no business lamenting in the public space. The position we have is that his approach is not the most appropriate. He's a seasoned lawyer. He had gone to court, and a court of first instance had delivered a decision not in his favor. I would have expected him to exhaust the legal process, maybe by filing an appeal against the decision of the court of first instance, even up to the Supreme Court, and even invoke the review jurisdiction of the Supreme Court. For instance, when Dr. Opuni's case was uh, to be reheard altogether, uh, the decision of the High Court, Attorney General went to the Court of Appeal, and the Court of Appeal reversed it. Now, the OSP may have powers, but in enforcing those powers, he must also observe procedures. Because, for instance, if you're an employee of an organization, and the organization has a handbook or manual, that details step-by-step procedures to be observed before uh, dismissing a staff. And uh, there's evidence that the staff has uh, misconducted itself. And yet they didn't follow the procedure before dismissing him. When that dismissed, that gets to court. The case will go against the organization. So I say that he should have exhausted the legal process before coming out. Because Savia Kuja is public relations officer with the Ghana Bar Association. We'll take a quick break here, but still to come, some farmers bemoan their inability to assess loans needed to ease their operations with a charge on government to fulfill promises made to them. If people want their farms to thrive, I think people should just really forget about the, uh, the planting for food and jobs and centers. Budgets are tight and money difficult to come by. You want to be sure you get the best value for your money. These are not times to be spending money fixing expensive engine problems because of cheap fuel and lubricants. Drive to a petrol source station today and buy your quality fuel and lubricants and rest assured of fuel that lasts long and lubricants that prevent expensive engine problems. Hear the sound. <laughs> petrol source. Clean fuel. In full quantity. Imagine say water wake up at dawn. You know both. You know chop. Where it vanish for your area for two weeks. Uh-huh. You not get one drop safe inside your tank. Hey. Our life was in dangerous. Only our neighbor gets water with water tank. Water, water tank? Yes, water tank. Mamma mia. That water tank gets meter for checking water level. That water tank be fine past Kumasi Selenium. <laughs> that water tank be tough like Ghana Army. That water tank, they carry water, pepe, pepe. So say some logo left inside the supply tank. Mm. What a tank. That's my boss, Mr. Foncho Gotol. <laughs> Beautiful, curable, with water level indicator and accurate volume of water. Water tank. What a tank. By Duraplast. You're welcome to the Midday News. Now, we know Ghana is celebrating farmers today, but some farmers are bemoaning the inability to assess loans for their operations due to high interest costs. 
Ghana is celebrating the day on the theme, delivering smart solutions for sustainable food security and resilience. But some farmers who spoke on the AM show on the Joy News Channel say that smart solutions, which include the Planting for Food and Job initiative, has been marred with politics. Executive Director of AgriWealth, Evans Tremensa, complained about how frustrating it is when support is not forthcoming. The investment that must go in, you know, is big. But if we're able to do that, I'm sure that we can really push our food food level up. But if we don't do that, then we, 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 you know, do politics with it and a lot of talk and optics and issues and conferences and stuff like that, we won't go in the way. Another farmer, John Dumelo, advised prospective farmers not to rely on the Planting for Food and Jobs initiative, and here's why. I haven't had any support. The only support system I've gotten is prayers. Number one, it's not available. Number two, you need certain connections before you get it. And so for me, I have totally forgotten about the planting for food and jobs incentives. If people want their farms to thrive, I think people should just really forget about the, uh, the planting for food and jobs incentives. Because one, it's going to be a long process to get the fertilizers. Two, even if you get it, you're going to get it in small quantities, which, which, is, which is okay. I mean, because, you know, the, the fertilizers are probably a limited quantity and everybody has to get it. But I think for most of us, we haven't had any support whatsoever um, about, uh, when it comes to planting for food and jobs. And of course, it's about the highest bidder. And so if we don't take time, you know, far, foreigners are going to, you know, invade the farming industry, the agri-sector, um, which has already happened. You heard their farmer John Dumelo. Well, the former president John Dramani Mahama has been tweeting about this day. And my colleague Elton Brobe joins me in the studio with details of that tweet. What's he saying? So, on a, uh, in a post on the X, the he says the National Democratic Congress is dedicated to bringing back the joy of farming and revolutionizing the agricultural sector. We aim to achieve full self-sufficiency through a policy that supports large-scale commercial agricultural production. This will be propelled by a robust cooperative system that will benefit from farmer service centers established nationwide to drive access to agricultural credit and impose. He says we will introduce agro-processing units in all regions to add value to agricultural products and create more opportunities for farmers. Established agricultural processing plants will target crops such as palm, cashew, granite, coffee, cocoa, soya, and the rest. And he also wish uh, farmers the best of the day. So do we. Well, the national event is ongoing at Takwa in the Western region, and we will bring you more details in subsequent bulletins. With that,